And that's why you should never put sauerkraut in a donut. It doesn't sound like a good time, honestly. It just doesn't sound like a good time. I've had bacon on a donut before. Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, salty and and sweet go together. Yeah, it was fun. It was much better than... Um, so I, I worked a shift yesterday, as you're aware, the first time in like forever mm-hmm. at the brewery. And I walked in. And my boss came in to give me like a quick brief and rundown of all the things that had changed and stuff like that. So I was aware of what needed doing and how things operate now. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that he had like these bacon candies behind the bar. I'm like, what the fuck are these? And he's like, they're disgusting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I had one and it smelled like when I opened up the packet. So it was a boiled lolly. And mm-hmm. I opened up the packet and I smell it. And it smelled like, you know, when you have like sli- pre-sliced ham and those packets like Don ham and you leave mm-hmm. it in the fridge for a few days and it starts to go a little bit slimy, but it's still edible, but it's kind of gross. Still, still okay. Yeah, yeah. Smelt like that. Okay. Uh, and then it was very sweet. So it, it smelt like three-day-old Don sliced ham that's been in the fridge. <laughs> uh, and it kind of tasted like month-old Christmas ham. Gross. Mm. Yeah, I only had one. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like a good time. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Like, he made it out to be, but... So the question is, is this episode going to be a good time? Um, look, my last story is pretty dark, but I present it in a fairly light manner, I suppose. Okay. Okay. Maybe you should intro us then. Okay. I don't know why I'm having a mind blank. <laughs> I was like, what? why are you hesitating? What I, is happening right now? I don't know. Make it easy for you to edit all the flu, but yes. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dan. This is the podcast that brings you, yes you, the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. And boy, do I have a doozy for you this week. It's CJ. Oh God. I'm Amanda and I'm scared. Nah, don't. I think you'll, <laughs> I think you'll, it's going to sound weird without context or maybe in context. I think you will appreciate the story. Okay. And you'll like the story. But you may not okay. like the contents, but I think overall you'd be like, okay, that was cool. No, interesting. Let's not say cool. Okay. Now I'm very scared. Mm, uh- <laughs> mm, mm, mm. It, it's more of something you'd present on your other podcast, as I said last week. Ah, yes, that's right. That's right. I yes. actually forgot about that. So, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. cool. So, All right. Um, with that said, I would like to go last. So you want me to go first is what you're saying? I think that's probably how we should start it this week. Okay. Well, we were jumping like way ahead. Yes. Firstly, how are you? Um. This should not be something that stumps you. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm feeling pretty good, but also at the same time, I am slowly convincing myself that, like, no one wants me around anymore, but I'm also not really concerned about that for some reason. So that's why I say, um. That (laughs) is a complex load of emotions right there that I don't quite know how to address. Yeah, same. (laughs) Like, I just, I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'll get fired any day now, even though, like, I saw my boss twice, and he's like, how you be? What's going on? Blah, 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 and all that stuff. And there's, like, absolutely no reason for it as well. And then I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, like, different groups of people that I have around me. I'm just like, oh, no one actually wants me here. What am I doing? I should just leave. <laughs> and I don't know why, but also it's not, like, bothering me much. I don't know. I mean, if it's not bothering you, then I wouldn't worry about it. Mm. Mm. But that's up to you also. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Okay, well, I feel like I'm not as complex as that. Oh. Uh, Things are good. Yeah, that's it? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. I would like a decent night's sleep at some point in my life, but who knows when that's going to happen. Not sure. Not sure that's ever happened. (laughs) But I feel like it's been worse lately. Mm. Um, So I guess for people who don't know, I've had insomnia since I was a teenager, but it it comes and goes. Like, it comes and goes. Um, But I don't know. I would say, like, probably this last lockdown has made it much worse, where I just, like... I, even when I feel tired and like I get into bed and I just like lie there for ages for no reason. E- even if I don't have my phone. So like before anyone says that, because that's usually the first thing people say, I'll just put your phone down. I'm like, no, no, I can put it down. That's not the problem. The problem is I'll just still continue to lie there. And Have you tried doing what I do to fall asleep, which is just put on a really long, boring YouTube video to listen to while your eyes are shut? No, I feel like um, noise like that would definitely distract me. Mm. So I don't think that would work. It does listen, distract that's me. That's the problem. Which is the point. It stops me from thinking because I'm focusing on that instead. Well, I mean, I'm not even sure that I'm really thinking about anything. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. This, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's just me. Uh, I don't know. But like, I fell asleep relatively early for me last night. I'm still tired. So. It's because they're relatively early. I think I saw you online playing Seven Days to Die <laughs> at like midnight. So. Uh, I, when I say relatively early, I, my watch says that I fell asleep for about quarter to two. That's relatively early for me these days. 
And I uh, slept through my alarm, so I still woke up at like 10 to 9, so it wasn't a big deal, but... Oh, even I was awake before you said I... Yeah, there you go. So, I don't know. I'm sure it'll it'll sort itself out, I think, once we're not in lockdown anymore. Yeah. To be like at my normal, acceptable level of not sleeping much. Yeah. But apart from that, everything else is like good. That's good. So, yeah. Like work's good. Shit's good. Mm. I feel like I should have more to complain about. <laughs> I mean, hang on, wait, here's something to complain about. The numbers in Victoria. They are pretty high. They're pretty fucking shit right now. <laughs> I haven't even checked what they were today. They were down today. They were back in the 700s, but... Okay, that's all right. But still, pretty pretty high. Uh, I feel like it was not long ago that we were, like, celebrating donut days. Mm. But I uh, don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. Have you booked your second vax yet? No. Mm, but just before we started recording this, my boss, who's like, he's like, look, I'm not going to tell any of you to go get it. Most of you have had your first shot anyway. I think everyone at my brewery jobs had their first shot. But he's like, mm. just be aware that it's looking likely that if you want to come back to work at the end of this month or the end of October, I think, we can start yeah, having people in. You're likely going to be to be double vaxxed. So yeah, I'm probably going to look at booking it in. I'll make the booking like today or tomorrow for some time in mm-hmm. mid to late October. Uh, just because I still okay. want to give like that buffer. Um, well, I mean, I did read that apparently, you know how they've reduced the time for AstraZeneca down to four weeks? Mm. That apparently, like, the difference is not huge. Like, it's not significant. So, I, I don't know. Just trying to find, because I was sent the details the other day, so I'm just scrolling through my Twitter notifications. Yeah. So, according to this table that I have from Inside Sources, ooh, uh, if mm. you get your, your second AV sh- AZ shot within six weeks... Uh, the vaccine efficiency is 53%, but if you get it at greater than 12 weeks, it's at 78.7%. Right, okay. So, and like, that's 78. So like, weirdly, if you get it between six to eight weeks, it's 51% efficiency based on these results. So that's a bit odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at yep. nine to 11 weeks is the real sweet spot at like 60, I guess, is probably what I'd be aiming for now. But then mm-hmm. it jumps from 60 to... 78, like it's nearly a 20% increase in like with an extra week's weight kind of thing. Makes me wonder why they're okaying it at four weeks now. So that we can hit the 80% target as soon as possible. Yeah, but if it's not effective, it's still going to have a problem. I know. I'm very much (laughs) like, I want the vaccine, but I'm also like, we've come this far, what's waiting an extra couple of weeks at this point in my head? Mm, Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to need the booster either way at the end of it. You're going to have to get that third shot. But just like, I don't know, I feel like a few weeks now is the difference between another lockdown or not. But we'll see. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I get my second shot next week, so. Mm. Yeah, because how um, many weeks has I'm... it been since I got mine? I think I got it I mean, on you got... Day. Yeah, it's been five weeks for me, and you got yours before. Yeah, it'll be six weeks to the day when this episode goes live. There you go. Nine. So I might be able to... I should be able to climb into the nine-week mark if I get it in, like, the second last week of October. Sounds like a solid plan. Mm. Okay, well, have you got any headlines? I have one. Okay, I've got... Six. I'll just quickly go with mine. I only like re- just saw it just before this episode started. Oh, okay. Photographer, social media star Matt Matthews, a possum taken by the state, was his baby. Can you repeat that for me, please? Photographer, social media star Matt Matthews, a possum taken by the state, was his baby. <sighs> okay. The Twitter version Did of the you? headline was even wilder. <laughs> okay. Apparently he does something called barrel racing. Right. Which is like a okay. horse thing, I think. Nothing to do with actually like racing in a barrel. Okay. Hmm. There's just a lot going on there. Yeah. Okay, my first one. Paralympian jailed for gluing himself to a plane. How do you glue yourself to a plane? I don't know. I didn't read it. <laughs> just as a headline, I was like, I mean, one of, why is that a jailable offense? So I can only assume that it was deliberate. Mm. But why? I thought that you might appreciate this one. Okay. Um, grizzly bear found dead in Canada was killed by a goat. Jesus. That goat. <laughs> Must have been a, a big goat. <laughs> Fuck, how did he do it? I didn't read the article. Okay. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm going to hang on. Yeah, just for my own <laughs> reference for later. Grizzly killed by goat. All right, some light reading later. Uh, yeah, definitely not reading. a match shop I'd ever probably consider giving to the goat. I can only assume he got no. lucky and the bear impaled itself on its horns. Yeah, maybe. The smart toilet era is here. Are you ready to share your anal print with big tech? Um, No. No, you're not you're not ready for that? No, I don't need that. All I need is like one of those Japanese heated seat toilets with a built-in bidet and air dryer. That's that's smart <laughs> enough for me. Yeah, I was gonna say, can like we have those as standard first before we get that? Yeah. I, I don't need like Mark Zuckerberg to have my ass print on file so that he can sell me ads 
But I'm like, is this one of those thoughts? You know how they were talking about how, like, you could poop and then it would tell you things about your health? Like, that I'm interested in. That's good. Like, that would be a good one. Like, that it analyzes your shit and tells you what's going on? I think Ooh. that's good. I'm not sure why we need an anal print. Is that how you unlock the uh, device? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope so. Um, (laughs) This one I have so many concerns for. Um, Man ejaculates from anus, urinates feces for two years before seeking help. Did it? Did it? So I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't read any of these articles. But so I'm assuming that wires got crossed in there somehow, right? Yeah. But, like, um, how did that happen? Like, if it was from birth, okay. But if you are ur- – well, it says for two years, so – Yeah, so that means it just suddenly happened. Yeah, so – but, okay, if you're urinating feces, wouldn't you get, like, UTIs? Like, I know men don't get them as often, but you still can. Yeah. Like, how are you not getting UTIs and stuff from that? Like, I – I mean, mm. I'm just trying to picture what that looks like. I don't want to. Like, what um, if so you, like, I'm not a, going I'm to. assuming he never used a urinal in public during this time. But, just but like, then I'm like, hang on, wait, what about, what about sex, though? Because he ejaculates from his anus. I guess he didn't need a condom. <laughs> but then you're also sticking something inside someone that's had poop come out of it. Nah, people do anal sex. <sighs> anyway, just a lot to unpack there. <laughs> this one I kind of love. For some reason, man caught retrieving 58,000 euro worth of drugs from a field in the middle of the night claims that he was out dazzling rabbits. <laughs> how does one, how does one dazzle a, a rabbit? Um, I think that's a hunting term. <laughs> uh, that's not the way I took it. <laughs> the razzle dazzle rabbits. Yeah, like I just like he was like dancing for them or something. Like that's the way I took it, and I hope that that's what he meant because <laughs> that just means that he's broken into the stash early. Oh God. <laughs> My last one. Uh, men take vehicle with free car sign, later find body in trunk. Oh. I think you know why it was free now. It was haunted. I'm not sure that that was the reason, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I watched a TikTok video last night in bed at like three in the morning as my house was cooling down. So like the roof and stuff is making all these noises as like the house settles. And it's like the haunted pinata store in Mexico. And I'm like, this is a bit creepy. <laughs> How I, You can't watch haunted content at three in the morning. Mm, can't help it. I get quite a lot of like spooky videos on TikTok at the moment, which I think you're on. You're on haunted talk. On spooky talk, which I think is how I don't know if you've seen the video I posted like three in the morning in the Discord, <laughs> but uh, I think that's how I, I got there. That. Uh, the funny, the 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 spooky talk and the thirst talk combined, and now I'm on spooky thirst talk. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like the worst place to be, honestly. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, so I was going first. Is that is that correct? Oh shit, we're up to this part. Okay. Yeah, we are. Here comes the awkward part where I have to admit I didn't write any notes. I just stood here going for three hours. The worst thing is I would believe that. <laughs> like, that's a believable story from you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me it's not. Tell me I'm lying. What's your first story about? <laughs> okay, so a body modification artist in New South Wales is being blamed for the death of a client. Okay. Um, after they put a subdermal implant in. Do you know what that is? Uh, is that the one that goes in the forehead? It can go anywhere in your body. Oh. So subdermal just means under the skin. Right. So um, they're usually like silicon implants. I have a friend who has a bunch of them. Hmm. Um, and they can look really cool, but some of them I'm like, oh, this sort of yeah, seems pointless. I, Why would you put yourself through this? I don't know. I think I've seen ones where people have like done it and then had them tattooed as Pokeballs. I'm like, okay. Well, like the friend that I have that has, he has a lot of them. Um, mm. he, also, he actually has a very similar one to the one I'm, I'm going to talk about. Hmm. Um, so, But his main ones, he has like a, a full sleeve done that's like, uh, makes it look like he's got a mechanical arm. Oh, yeah. And so he has implants underneath where like the cogs are to like make them raise up from the skin mm. and it looks really cool not gonna lie like i totally get that but um the one that we're talking about here is this woman had a snowflake placed under the skin in her hand as so, yeah my friend has one that's a star okay it's very similar um so the story is around how the client ended up with a fatal blood infection after the procedure was done in 2017 but it sort of seems like that's only part of the story right so apparently um the body mod artist was kind of like known for having like groupies. Having what? Like groupies. Like, you know, people that hung around him who like idolized him. Oh, groupies. I thought you said like rupees. Yeah. I'm like the, the fucking no, no, no. The Indian, the Indian currency. <laughs> no. Um, and apparently the client 
who uh, died was one of them. Okay. Um, so pa- basically what he would do is he would just flirt with these women and talk them into getting procedures that they didn't come in for. Mm. Uh, weird way to drum up business, but I'm guessing it was working for him, which is why he kept doing it. Yeah. There are reports that he would just constantly upsell, but only to his female customers, of course. So one example cited that a woman went in to get uh, scarification done, mm-hmm. but he suggested that they should also alter her ears at the same time. Right. That sort of thing. So apparently he was just very good at talking people into things. And I honestly think that this might be a case of that. I mean, I've seen pictures of the guy. He's, he's quite attractive um, and is probably charismatic and has probably got by a lot doing this. Mm-hmm. So you'd fall for it is what you're saying? No, because I'm <laughs> deathly afraid of needles and no one can talk me into that. I don't care how attractive you are. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm sure that it's just like one of those things where he figured out that he could do that and used it to make more money. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is I don't think he maliciously did this to hurt people mm-hmm. is, is all I'm saying. So this wasn't the first procedure that that person had, had done with him. She also had her nipples cut and stitched into the shape of hearts. And I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but I actually think that's cute as fuck. <laughs> I was kind of wondering how I've you- I've never heard of it before. How you do but that. like, yeah, I don't know. Clearly you can though. The night after she got the subdermal implant done- the client called him and said that she was really concerned about her hands, that she thought she might have an infection, that it was like, you know, hot and irritated and all of that. And he said that it wasn't infected. It was just irritated because it was, had just been done, mm-hmm. which I get how, like, I, I get how that could be a thing. Yeah. Because usually when you have anything done like that, they're usually really like red and they look bad, but they're just irritated because you've just had like done something horrific to yourself, basically. Yeah. I personally kind of think that if she was genuinely worried, if it was like too hot to the touch, that you probably should have just called a doctor. Yeah, or gone to a doctor or something. But But in saying that, I also do get if you have issues with like a piercing or a body mod, you go back to your piercer. Like you don't you don't go to the doctor. Yeah, or you ignore it for months on end and then it gets stuck inside your ear and you go to the doctor <laughs> to have it cut out like I did. There you go. <laughs> Like, you know, when I had problems with my nose piercing, I didn't go to a doctor. I went back to the piercer. So I, I get it. Yeah. I, I, I do get it. Um, so the next day, uh, she died that night. Um, so oh. the next day, the her body was discovered. And apparently when he got the call, he was immediately worried that it was going to come back to him. It sort of sounds like he didn't really show any real concern for his client whatsoever. And that it was mostly like, oh, no, like, I have to try and save my own ass here. Yeah, because initially my thought was like, well, give it one night. And then if it's not getting any better, go to the doctor. But I guess if it kills you immediately, well, explains that. Well, it also makes me question what the fuck he used to get that bad of an infection. Yeah. Uh, Whether he was not adhering to, like, hygiene practices or what the fuck was happening. Um, Because, like, that is very quick. In less than 24 hours to die from a procedure like that. Yeah. Very quick. Since this happened, this isn't the only charge he's facing now. Because it was discovered that he performed a tummy tuck that also got horrendously infected. I don't think he's a plastic surgeon. I was about to ask I don't think you have to be a plastic surgeon (laughs) to be um, a body mod artist. I don't think those two overlap Mm. in any way. But whatever. Um, So he, he did that. And it also got horrendously infected. He also has a charge for female genital mutilation and causing bodily harm. Now, that one I'm confused about because the article didn't go into detail, but all body mods are mutilation. So was it like a piercing or something that went wrong? Or did he talk someone into it? Or yeah, did he talk someone into it? Or like, was it something that he deliberately did? Was yeah, was it a body mod that went wrong? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm genuinely curious about what that was. Mm. But these charges are currently at trial, and I thought it was interesting that he's having a judge alone trial. I wonder if that's because of COVID or if it was some deal that he struck. I don't know. But I don't have an answer for, like, he's uh, sentencing or anything yet. It's still at trial, so I'll definitely give an update if I see one. But I guess, like, okay, question for you. Is is he guilty of killing her? Uh, I mean, it depends, I guess, what it comes down to. Because I'm, I'm like, if infection. it was because of... Exactly. I'm like, if it's because of shoddy practices and bad hygiene, then absolutely it's his fault because he has definitely has a responsibility of care mm. when he's doing procedures like that. Absolutely. Or if it's a case of like, she didn't want that, but she he talked her into it kind of thing, then again, I'm like... That also, yes. Yeah. But it never specifically said that. It kind of implied it, but it never really, like yeah. the article didn't say that that was the case at that time. But if it's then just like she didn't look after it, although I don't know how that could ever happen so quickly if that were the case. 
Yeah. Also, bodies sometimes just hate things when you put them in there. Yeah. Um, You'd also be looking at like, like manslaughter or something. So. Well, I mean, I think he is being charged with manslaughter. Yeah. I just, I think I, I just, I don't understand like legally speaking. I mean, it definitely wasn't works. intentional. I don't think that no, was the case. No, I don't think that, well, obviously not because you can't make more money out of her if she's dead. Yeah. You know, and that sort of seems like what this guy was all about. It was just mostly about how much money he could get out of these women. Okay, well, that was it. That was all I had. And I've forgotten how that discussion ended to make a segue out of it. <laughs> so I guess we'll just swoop on into the next part of the uh, podcast. And speaking of, swooping season is upon us once again. Oh, <laughs> it is. Those little fuckers. The yearly, very one-sided conflict between man and bird in which innocent homo sapiens are savagely attacked by magpie and minor bird alike. A much dreaded time of year here for all of us in Australia. Long-time listeners will remember we have spoken about these terror attacks before. Uh, and even I think that we speak about them every <laughs> spring, yes. And even, I mean, this is only the second spring we've done this podcast. Cause oh, that's true, actually, because we started in summer. We did, yep. But yeah, we have previously advised your website so you can go and check your local area for places to avoid so you can be safe out there. However, in this... Year 2021 AD, two new players have entered the ongoing conflict. What? Mm-hmm. Like a post-launch DLC, there are now two new specialist units for each side. Homo sapiens will be able to take advantage of a new support unit known as the Aerial Delivery Drone to provide them with a new safe way to transport needed supplies, such as coffee and kebabs, through the skies straight to their doorstep, thus avoiding the need <laughs> to pass established swoop points on foot. However... Dear Lord. In response, avian dinosaur mains can now utilize the new Raven as a counter to the aerial delivery drone to strike the supply drop mid-flight and harass on delivery. Now, if you don't play video oh games, you're probably wondering what the fuck I'm going on about. Uh, but in Canberra, Australia, they're trialing a service which I believe is also overseas called Wing, which is basically Uber Eats, but they use flying drones. Right, so they're just trying to cut the drivers out all entirely. Yeah, so in Canberra, you can have a robot fly a coffee to your doorstep. I mean, that's also kind of cool. It though. is. It's only being trialed in like a few northern suburbs, but the system's become quite popular in the recent lockdown the state's been having. So right. uh, in one suburb, though, of Harrison, the flights have been put on hold due to frequent attacks from the local ravens. A statement from <laughs> Wing reads... Quote, we've identified some birds in your area demonstrating territorial behaviours and swooping at moving objects. While this is common during nesting season, we are committed to being strong stewards of the environment and would like to have an ornithological expert investigate this further to ensure we continue to have minimal impact on bird life in our service locations. Um, look, they're not going to hurt the birds. The birds are going to fuck up their equipment. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, well, look, there's lots of... So the drones they're using have lots of little spinning repellers on them, so it could injure a bird. But I, there's video, and I don't think the birds are in any danger. I was going to say, magpies, they're not small. Well, these are ravens. Oh, right. Well, yeah. they're also very not small. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll get the video up for you. But uh, in the video... Very, very not small was like the most excellent English I've ever used, by the fantastic way. Fantastic use, yes. So here's the video here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can watch as a raven attacks a drone as it's trying to deliver a coffee to the person recording it. And as I said, it does not appear any birds being injured by the drones. And the drone is still able to remain airborne because they had thought about this happening in Australia, thankfully. Uh, the status of the coffee inside, however, is unknown. So it could be spilt. <laughs> oh, sorry. I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> Although Wing reports that in the 10,000 deliveries they've made since August, uh, no food, drink, medicine, hardware or office supplies have been lost during delivery. And bird attacks remain relatively rare. And there are no known instances of harm coming to wildlife. So you can get quite a lot delivered on these drones. I mean, that drone is a lot bigger than I was expecting. Yeah, and they don't. But that that bird had a really good fucking go at it. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a swoop, not a. I'm gonna hang on and like fucking shake the shit out of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my order? God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that bird was in no danger whatsoever. No, I don't think so. None. I, I didn't mention, but in the article, someone equates it's like, imagine, like, they're quite smart birds, ravens. So he's like, this is the equivalent to, say, us having a UFO basically land in our backyard. How would we react, kind of thing? I get it. Like, yeah. and plus, like, you know, spring, it is nesting season. They swoop they're garbage trucks, protect- they go after anything. And they're like, the fact that they've stopped the flights now means that in the bird's mind, their attacks have stopped those things coming. So they'll continue to do it in the future. <laughs> Oh man, I remember like when I when I was a postie and I was on a push bike and there used to be like one magpie who fucking hated me so much, even though I literally went nowhere near where its nest was. Mm. Although they they do reckon that um it's not the nesting site that they protect most; it's the uh, where they feed. Mm. 
It's probably both. So, honestly, <laughs> it's probably both. But, yeah, no, I have never, ever had a magpie attack me with such savage uh, intentions. I'll just say that. I remain lucky in that I've never been swooped by a magpie. I've only ever been had issues with miners. And even they're not still many. not pleasant. No, but they're a lot smaller. <laughs> they're a lot smaller. There's not as much weight behind them. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think a miner's ever killed anyone, is what I'm going to say. Mm. Because magpies, I mean, a magpie has, but not directly, yes. if that makes and sense. I like that poor guy that got attacked on his bike and then hit by a car. Yeah. Uh, I definitely hadn't heard of ravens doing it, though, but it doesn't surprise me that they do. I hadn't heard of that either. Mm. I, I thought that the three major ones in Australia were the magpies, the miners, and the bowers. Because bowers are also very aggressive during nesting season. If you go anywhere near their shit, they will fuck you up. Because it's interesting, because like, the minor birds exist in other countries, and as far as I'm aware, they don't do it. So it is a, it's a learned, it's a learned behavior. behavior. So, I mean, you know, birds are passing along. Great. Magpies are teaching all the other fucking birds to do it. <laughs> Slowly over time. <laughs> Look, let's just hope that the uh, firehawks don't teach other birds how to do that. Yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> That'd be very bad. God. Oh, no, the magpies, they've learned how to use fire. Ah! <laughs> oh, then we'd all be the fucked. Dinosaurs, we'd be just they're taking back in our over homes the while we sleep because they're smart. <laughs> <laughs> you go into your backyard. There's just two magpies there with a box of matches. You're like, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> don't, I'm fucked don't now. Do it. <laughs> the, the worst thing about magpies though is that they are very intelligent. So if they've swooped you once and then you come back into their area, they'll remember you. Yeah, that's why it pays to try and, and befriend will... them in the off season. I was gonna say my. Biggest tip is to feed your local magpies because they remember you. And if you're nice to them and have given them food, they will remember that and mm. they won't attack you. Well, it's also worth noting that, like, magpie is one of these terms where um, very different birds around the world. So if you're, say, like an English listener. Oh, yeah, it's very different. Your, your magpie is for which the Australian magpie takes its namesake because typical colonizer fashion, the Europeans turned up and said, that looks like a magpie. It's a black and white bird. We'll call it a magpie. Right. But the magpies here are corvids, so they're more like crows and ravens, uh, yes. whereas your magpies seem kind of cute. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, from one Australian animal to another. Mm. Oh, I actually did a segue. Mm. I never do segues. So yeah. Uh, so this is the story of one of Australia's most notorious crocodile attacks. It's fucking bad. I'm not going not gonna to lie to you. Okay. Uh, it happened way back in 2004. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the footage only surfaced like in the past two weeks. Oh. So the footage isn't of the, isn't of the actual crocodile attack because I don't know what fucking person would see a person getting mauled by a crocodile and would get their camera out. Yeah. I mean, 2004, this... I was definitely in Australia at the time. So I'm trying to remember if I heard about this. Um, I hadn't. So, but the footage does show the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Of what happened. And it's it's not great. I'll tell you what happened first before I describe the footage and also show it to mm -hmm. you. Um, so it happened at around 4 a.m. in October 2004. So it's springtime. Yep. The weather up where they were, which was Cape York, uh, would have been pretty warm. Andrew Kerr, who was 34 at the time, was dragged from his tent by a 4.2 meter crocodile. Yeah. It's a horrible way to wake up. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, he was camping with his family. So, yeah, to make this worse, he was asleep in his tent with his wife and their four-month-old baby. Wow, Cape York is pretty much the most northern tip of the mainland. It you is. Cannot... It is the, the yeah. most northern part of Australia. Mm. It's uh, it, The weather is probably, like, very different to what, like, we're used to. It would be tropical. Um, it would be like what I used very, to have. Yeah, tropical. It would be like what humid. I had in Port Moresby. Gross. Yeah, Port Moresby's <laughs> quite nice. <laughs> The tent was unzipped, but the fly screen was zipped. It just went under. Right. Didn't didn't give a shit. Don't go camping I, in Australia. The dingoes and the crocodiles can get into tents. Yes, they can. Then immediately I'm thinking, like, this is just like the dingo getting into the tent in the Azaria Chamberlain story. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I'm just like, thankfully didn't go for the baby. Yeah. Um, because they probably wouldn't have woken up to that. Mm. Uh, so... A bad thing to say, but probably better that it went for one of the full-grown humans rather than the tiny, tiny baby. Yeah. I won't lie. Andrew was not okay from this incident. Um, he was badly injured, but his life was saved by a 61-year-old woman who was in the tent next to him. Yeah. She just ran out of her tent, and when she realized what was happening, just ran up and jumped on the crocodile's head. Yeah, I remember this story. Um, Alicia, what the fuck, but also... <laughs> How brave are you? Yeah, I just remember <laughs> oh it because I remember the story of, like, a grandmother fighting a crocodile. Yeah. So, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, like, as brave as I think Alicia is, this was such a dumb move mm. um, because she ended up very badly hurt as well. Um, she ended up getting saved by her son, who 
went and got a shotgun <laughs> and shot the crocodile in the head four times. Jeez. Um, and killed it, obviously. Yeah, well, I mean, once he was said, probably enough, but still. He, he, he said after the first two, it was still moving. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> um, he said after the second two that it just, like, stopped, like someone had taken its batteries out. I mean, it was probably going to die after the first two, but yeah, I guess it's still moving. But uh, Shoot it again, yeah. it's still, I mean, still dancing still and all moving, that. Yeah. I don't think you want that thing still moving. Said it was how big? Um, Four meters. 4.2 meters, yeah. 4.2 meters. That's, it's about... It's not... Not the biggest crocodile ever, but it's fucking big. Uh, it's nearly fourteen foot long. It's big. It it's not it's not small. It's, it's over um, so, twice my height in like Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very big. <laughs> so the footage shows the dead crocodile and yeah, while I just said it's not the biggest crocodile ever, male saltwater crocodiles can grow up to seven meters long. <laughs> um seeing it next to the person it's just attacked, it is fucking huge. Like it is so much bigger than any of the people involved in this. <laughs> So you can see the crocodile and Andrew lying next to it while they're waiting for help to arrive. Like, you can actually hear the helicopters in the background. They must have been getting there pretty shortly. Yep. Alicia had already been airlifted because she was in much worse shape. So she's not in the footage. But, yeah, you can just see, like, Andrew's, like, lying there, bloody. And, like, the crocodile's also bloody because it's been shot in the head. Yeah. But, like, the size difference between them is insane <laughs> i do love that the article spends a lot of time which i'm not gonna go over because it's irrelevant to the story but it talks a lot about the fact that the person who took the footage was ben jones who was, uh, played for the camper raiders <laughs> who gives a shit it's just a coincidence that he was also camping in the area but whatever ben jones who began or- his career in blah 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 no seriously and there were so many photos of him playing football and i'm like <laughs> Relevant <laughs> to the fucking story, Daily Mail. Come on. Yeah, uh, writer must have been like a Canberra Raiders fan or something, or just like an NRL fan, I guess. And was like, oh, this is a weird coincidence. Let's talk about this for fucking fifteen Speaking minutes. Speaking of going to the story, though, am I going to get the video? You are okay. So, in any case, Ben, who played for the Canberra Raiders, um, could see light flashing down where the tents were and decided to go make sure everyone was okay. Because I think, um, like, in this area of Queensland, people would probably be well-versed in the dangers of the wildlife, so he probably automatically assumed that something had happened. You think he would have heard the shotgun? He said he did hear a bang, but he didn't think any of it. So I don't know. Anyway, so I've got the footage well, for you. Well, I mean, I assembled a pentagram in the brewery last night with some bottles that I didn't have a box for, and then a bang came from the front door as I was leaving, so, you know. Stop summoning demons at work. Well, look, my boss said the place was very clean when he got there this morning, so I summoned a cleaning demon. <laughs> If you'd like me to come to your place and summon you a demon maid. Oh, my God. Okay, so I linked you the article. Yeah. It's like the second thing, I think, the footage. It's on, It's about two minutes long. Yeah, I got there. The crocodile is in a lot better state than I expected for something that got shot four times with a shotgun. Got a thick head. Mm. Oh, my God. Is this Ben who plays for the... <laughs> Imagine if he's like, hey, I'm Ben and I play for the Canberra Raiders. Here I am filming this crocodile. Well, I think this is before he played for the Raiders. Oh. So, <laughs> When you see like a person standing next to the crocodile's head, like how big is its fucking head? Yeah. I watched a video of, um, who's that Bondi vet? Uh, is it? Chris something. Dr. Chris? Yeah. I watched a video of him doing Can't remember his last name. dental surgery on a crocodile recently. That's mildly terrifying. Well, the crocodile is like anesthetized and asleep. Obviously. But oh still. my God, this poor crocodile. Because their crocodile teeth are kind of like shark teeth, where like they just grow new ones continuously throughout their lives, and the next one's always bigger than the previous mm. one. But this one had like God a weird swelling it. in its mouth. Something had gone wrong, and like it had five teeth growing in the one socket. Mm. He, it's, it was like watching a clown car. He just kept pulling out teeth, and then like, oh god, the hole is huge. Like you can't, like it's just a big black hole in this crocodile's mouth, and he just keeps pulling out teeth, and like an inverted Russian doll. Each one's bigger than the last. Dear God. And this crocodile was just like living with it, the poor thing. <laughs> fucking hell. Okay, so you've seen, I've seen, you've the, seen footage. the footage. Yeah. This is a big crocodile. Wasn't fucking small, I can say that. <laughs> um, so I guess let's get to the injuries, shall yeah. we? It's probably actually not as bad as you're envisioning. I mean, I've got to say, I definitely pictured way more blood and crocodile brain in the footage than is actually there. Okay. Is, is well, I mean, bad. obviously the crocodile died from head injuries. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Andrew had a, a broken right leg and a broken left arm. So apparently what happened is it grabbed his leg first mm-hmm. and dragged him by that. And then after he was outside the tent, then grabbed his arm. Right. Um, so apparently, apparently the puncture wounds to his arm were worse, which I can only envision are because like your leg is like thicker than your arm. Yeah. And the crocodile probably got a better grip on him as well. That, that too. Um, so that's why he's covered in blood. Most of that came from his arm. 
Now, that's the extent of his injuries. Puncture wounds and a broken leg and a, and a broken arm. Look, not great. Not great, but, you know, considering... Not, not a good time. by a, the largest fucking reptile on the planet. I think he came out of it okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. Relative, but <laughs> okay. The reason that Alicia, who was the woman who tried to save him, was taken first is because she was still heavily bleeding when help arrived, so they just took her first. Mm-hmm. He was stable, so they left him. Yeah. Um, obviously, he got help after. But she, unfortunately, had the worst of the injuries. So when she jumped on its head, it spun around and its head came up into her head. Unfortunately, it it shattered her nose and obviously hit her in the head really fucking hard. In like that split second of like probably where she was dazed Mm. from being hit in the head with a crocodile's head, um, it then took the opportunity to grab her by the arm. And apparently her her arm like was not only broken, like it was in bad, bad shape. I was going to say that like he's lucky his arm didn't come off and i'm just guessing that's kind of what's happened to yeah. her where it's not entirely all in one piece anymore i don't think it came off but i don't think it was all entirely in one piece because a lot of people at the scene described it as mangled mm. um so unfortunately alicia is not with us anymore she died last year oh. but um this was a quote obviously not related to the crocodile attack but this is a quote from her in a documentary that was made about it and she said i'm no hero i still say i'm no hero i did what i had to do he needed help and i was there i was the first one there so i just jumped on the croc and that was it i mean why was she awake at four in the morning anyway but good thing she was (laughs) well um i read that she heard the noise and she didn't know what it was so she got up to investigate i have i have like a lot of uh, respect for alicia because i don't know that i would have done that yeah but also probably shouldn't have I mean, time? she saved that man's life, probably. I mean, everyone everyone lived, so she survived honestly, another the best outcome. 20 years, you know? like Yeah. yeah. Um, everyone lived, so probably the best outcome you could hope for, because he, the crocodile was dragging Andrew into the water. Yeah. And if he'd, if the croc had got him into the water, he, he was dead. Just looked up um, Alicia, and there is a picture here of um, Steve Irwin carrying her in his arms. <laughs> oh, oh my God, that's so wholesome. Yeah. Because obviously I'm assuming she had the inspiration to jump on its back from him. <laughs> I mean, what was her game plan there? I assumed to poke I, it in it the eyes. A, <laughs> no, I, I reckon that was a moment of pure panic. And it was just like, how do I get this crocodile to let this I'm man gonna go? Body slam it. I'm going to fucking body slam it. <laughs> um, there was probably no thought. It was all adrenaline and pure like panic, yeah. I would say, is what happened. But yeah, I, I read a quote from Steve Owen the other day that was about crocodiles as well. And it was like... Oh, fuck. I don't want to fuck it up. Hang on. <laughs> See you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. <laughs> Steve Owen. Crocodiles are easy. They try They try to kill and eat you. People are harder. Sometimes they try to be your friends first. Ah, uh, yeah. Which I just thought, that's so true, though. Mm. <laughs> Who knew Steve Owen was wise? I seen that footage this week and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm definitely doing this on the podcast for sure. Oh, yeah, I do I do remember the news reports because I, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember it at all. You might have heard this story. I mean, it's not much of a story, it's just a quick little thing. Um, but you've probably heard of the past two years of COVID-19, but it's all the rage at the moment, oh. you know? Oh, yeah, it's so in fashion. <laughs> yeah, gotta get that COVID now. Anyhow, <laughs> you've no doubt over the past couple of years spent a bit of time looking at fucking data about COVID-19, whether it be, I mean, I know we're checking numbers every day, you get all these fucking graphs. Here in Australia, each mm-hmm. state releases the latest numbers when it comes to like how many new cases there are, how many vaccines we did the day prior, and definitely yep. some states present their data a lot better than others, let's be real. <laughs> I think Victoria does it the yeah, best. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, Sydney doesn't even Look, bother we're, anymore. We're, we're a bit biased. Yeah. We're, we're a bit biased, but they do present it in a very easy-to-consume way. New South Wales does not. Do, do they even release the data um, anymore? I don't know. Do they? I have no idea either, because they're not doing presses anymore, no. right? They're doing so, vlogs. They're know. vlogging about it. <laughs> that would be, like, the wildest turn, and I think I'd be okay with it. just Gladys in her house in, like, sweatpants and, like, <laughs> not. Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm just here. <laughs> talking, like, doing her makeup while talking to the camera. So we've got COVID in Bondi <laughs> today once again. Uh, not my fault. <laughs> Do a quick get ready with me. I'm just going to tell you about the numbers while we do my makeup. I'm using these products from this from this brand. <laughs> I would weirdly love it. Oh god. Anyway, it could be a hassle to go through all this separate information when you try to get like a good eye. Like, like how many cases are there? you know? How got to go find it? And then like when is this from? How up to date is this information? So naturally, several mm-hmm. apps and websites have popped up that collate all the data together. Uh, personally, I just use the Victorian Government Department of Health Twitter page, which is at Vic 
gov.dh. That's the one that I use also. And then I also use the data that Google takes from other websites and sources that put time and effort into actually collecting that data. And then Google just steals that information, puts it right there on the main search engine page for you. So I don't have to go to the websites and give them the ad revenue that they deserve for being like doing the work. And Google gets that money instead. <laughs> That's where I get my information from. But I will admit the Google right. one's not always super clear. So... I think what I'm going to start doing, actually, is switching to a popular site I hadn't heard of until this week called COVID Base AU. Oh, actually, I did hear of that yes, this week I as well. Yes, you would have. So the site received a lot of attention this past week when it was revealed that the ones running it were actually three teenage boys. This is going to segue into my next story so oh, well, by the way, welcome. but continue. So the boys <laughs> developed the website, I believe, last year in their spare time while still at high school. Granted, they were learning from home, so I believe they're Honestly, Victorians. Good on them. Yeah. There are interviews in the article I link with the boys and one saying, like, he's got interest in the news and one of them's a really good coder. So the website's all developed by them. All the information is collected by them and displayed. It's all 100% done by these three boys. Mm -hmm. Now, initially, they'd kept their identities a secret, mainly believing, like, people would probably dismiss them or not take them seriously if they knew the website was run by children, which I think is a fair assessment. Um, However, they had always intended to reveal the truth when the time was right. And for them, that time finally came when this week they were able to get their first dose of vaccines. Uh, so they have a photo of the three boys, all after in their Moderna shots. Um, now, vaccines have only just opened up to 12 to 15-year-olds. So, like, they're young teenagers. We're not talking, like, 17, 18-year-olds. We're talking, like, 14 and 15-year-olds. <laughs> mm. Where they revealed it on their Facebook page, uh, their Twitter page. And naturally went viral because everyone's like, oh, my God, this is, a fuck- this is run by, <laughs> like, kids. Kids are doing this. <laughs> So I did check out the website. I think it's pretty good. It's got a tracker there up in the top right showing like everyone's like the national status of like the first dose and second dose rollout. Um, it breaks down all the information by state and also as a collective whole. Uh, they've even got a little table at the bottom that tells you which parts, like which states have been updated that day. So it says like fully updated, partially updated, not yet just, done. I'm just having a look at yeah. it now. Uh, my only issue with the website is their choice of font. Uh, because when they display that font in a bold text, the A's get really hard to read along with some of the other characters. But it's mainly the A. It ends up looking like an O. So it looks like they've written Doto instead of Data. But I'm sure they didn't develop the font. But that's my only complaint with it. <laughs> Honestly, it looks really good. Yeah, it's a good website. I really like their logo. Where they've turned, they've taken half of, uh, we all know what the COVID virus looks like, the little... Uh, sphere of the mm. tentacles coming out of it they've just taken that cut it into a t-shape and that's how they've written covid base honestly like i'm very impressed i hadn't i had heard about it uh this week but i hadn't actually looked yeah. at it it's impressive yeah, so if you're looking for uh and they also updated it all on their twitter i think they've got a facebook there's a patreon account for them as well um but if you're looking i was about to mention that because yeah they've got a patreon so if you're looking for a good reliable source of up-to-date covid information that's easy to read check out covid base au granted it's only going to be a benefit to you if you live in australia but you know it's, it's it's three teenage boys. They can't cover the whole world. This is true, but yeah, I don't know. Like it, it the the website is impressive, and their lowest Patreon um, tier is a dollar. Mm-hmm. So good on them. So speaking of uh, tech savvy teenagers, oh. ow! I just fucking hit my <laughs> knee. Did you hear that? No, but fucking hell. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, speaking of tech savvy teenagers. I also have a story about that that is not the one you just okay. told me. I was kind of worried when I did that one that you might do it as well, but... No, no, I didn't. Um, but it's kind kind of... No, not not really in the same vein, because this one committed <gasps> a crime. Um, <laughs> so an Adelaide teenager had a very creative idea that he thought would land him his dream job. Okay. So he really wanted to work for Apple. Naturally, the way to make that happen is to not apply for a job and get an interview. It's to um, hack them twice. Um. Look... Stuff like that has worked in the past for some people. <laughs> it, it, it didn't didn't work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this didn't go to court until he was 17, which meant that he was just 13 when he first successfully gained access to their servers. Oh. Um, he then did it again two years later, you know, just to make sure he still could. Mm-hmm. Um, while he was in there, he he downloaded some internal documents and data <laughs> because he thought that he could, like, take that information and then trick Apple servers into thinking he was a legit employee. Right. So that that was his. He wasn't. He wasn't here like stealing money or stealing secrets and publishing them anywhere. No, no, no. <laughs> he literally was trying to leverage it into a job. Yeah, I mean, blackmailing your way into a company is maybe not the best way to get there. Well, see, I don't think that he was even trying to do that. <laughs> I'm not even sure that he was thinking about the paycheck. Like <laughs> he just wanted to work for Apple, so he thought that he could steal the information, 
figure out how to make the server think that he was an employee, so then he would just work for them. Mm. It really is, like, very naive. <laughs> like, it's definitely a child's idea of, like, oh, this could work. Yeah. <laughs> so while his hacking skills might be, you know, ace, which obviously they yeah. are. I mean, like, the good news, I think, for having... him is that he won't struggle to get a job in the industry. Although the criminal no, conviction not. might He's be clearly bad, very smart. There's definitely, like, an ethical hacker role for him out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, ASIO might be interested in him. Well, yeah. I was going to say, if at, if at fucking 13 he can hack into Apple, I think I think he's going to be Although all right. I don't know if ASIO will take him if he's got a criminal conviction. I'm going to get to that. Um, so yeah, while his hacking skills might be pretty good, covering his tracks wasn't part of that. <laughs> um, and it Did was it reported use incognito to the FBI. Mode. What a fool! No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's like way more nuanced than that, but whatever. Uh, so, and uh, the FBI passed the information onto the AFP, which is... Australian Federal Police, which is the equivalent here, if you... Well, is it? No, uh, sort of. ASIO is probably the equivalent to the I would FBI. say that's more close, yeah. Australian Federal Police, anyway, is what yeah. I was going for. The teenager's lawyer had this to say about him. Um, he had no idea about the seriousness of the offence and hoped that when it was discovered that he might gain employment at this company, which I think is a fair statement. I'm sure at 13 he didn't realise how much trouble this could land him. Yeah. So due to the boy's age and the fact that Apple didn't incur any financial or intellectual loss. So honestly, Apple was not affected at all by this because he didn't leak the information. He didn't try to steal money, none of that stuff. So because they didn't occur any loss from it, um, the magistrate decided to not record a, a conviction okay. and instead place him on a $500 bond for good behavior for nine months. Aye. So the magistrate also advised him to use his skills for good instead of evil. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. <laughs> so yeah, now he's planning to study cybersecurity and criminology at, at university. I think it's a good fit for him. I think so too, because like clearly you're very smart and you clearly got some skills already. Yeah. Absolutely turned into a career. And I mean, they need more people in those fields now. Yeah. Um, because obviously like uh, cyber crimes are like way more common than yeah, they used to be. Yeah, I definitely got two friends I went to high school with who are into uh, who are in cybersecurity. Well, yeah, like uh, at my old job when we got um, like that cyber attack happened, mm. that took us out for ages. They had hired people to help with that, and it was still like not very effective. Yeah, so I think it's definitely like a thing in the future that will be in high demand. I think for it's sure. it now because I think the friends I'm in they're more in like the preventative because obviously that's a lot better than trying to fix mm. it once you've been attacked. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. That's cool. Speaking of like taking from super big companies, did you hear about the guy in America who um stole a well, I mean, I guess he stole it a hundred and fifty five million dollars by just sending checks to like Apple and Google and stuff like that for just like random things, and they just paid it. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> See, okay. The reason that I know about stuff like that is because that is literally part of my job, like to check to make sure that we're paying things that are legitimate. Because I, people do that yeah, all the time. Yeah, I know. Time. It wasn't even the first they'll just case send it to random, it, yeah. yeah, like where they'll just send stuff to random companies hoping that they'll just pay yeah, it. you just send things like window washing. Yeah. Like, okay. So, but here's the kicker though. Yeah, that's, that's a big thing. He's been tried and convicted and he has to pay back 50, he's been fined 55 million, mm -hmm. which means that he gets to keep 75 of the million he stole. And I call that a net win. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> So what if you can't get another job because of a criminal conviction? He's got $75 million. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. set for life. No, I absolutely agree. <laughs> so anyway, I've been sending checks out ever since. And no. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, crime does not pay. Do not it take clearly this fucking example does. Do he got that. $75 million. <sighs> Okay, well, don't do that anyway. It's wrong. <laughs> I just can't believe they didn't make him pay it all back. Yeah, I can't believe that either. What the hell? Maybe he didn't have the money anymore. And I mean, why. clearly it's just proof that, you know. Consequences for most crimes are really just there for the poor. It's hundred dollar speeding fine is. I mean, the hundred and eighty two dollars I had to pay for my uh, parking ticket the other day that hurt. But if mm. I was earning hundred thousand dollars a year, I'd probably be like, "Fuck it, whatever, I'll do it again." Anyway, <laughs> isn't this the thing they were saying? I've seen it so many times in the past week where people were saying like, if the COVID vaccine was poison or not they real, the poor. they would have poor people first, not the rich ones. Yeah, Scotty wouldn't have been first in line <laughs> to get his jab, but you know that was a fake exactly. arm. That wasn't that wasn't actually sure. Scott Morrison's arm. Anyway, sure. My final story, <laughs> the feature story, perhaps for the episode. Um, okay, we got to keep in the crime theme. Okay, is this going to be a bummer? Uh, kind of, I suppose. We'll see how you okay. feel about it. So, look, in the no matter how you look at it, brief history of New Zealand, eighty-five people received capital punishment between eighteen forty and nineteen fifty-seven, and they're all put to death by hanging, which was the only method New Zealand ever used for killing its criminals. Of these 85 people, okay. however, only one was a woman. 
and her name was Minnie Dean. She was hanged on the 12th of August, 1895, at age 50. And that's who our story is about today. Okay. As an aside, a handful of other women in New Zealand's history were given the death penalty, uh, but they all had their sentences commuted to life. Now, except for one man who was hung for treason, every single other person who was given the death penalty in New Zealand was given it for murder in one form or another. And funnily enough, for all the women who were given it, even though only one was actually hung for it, they were all given the sentence for infanticide. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Minnie Dean was what was called a baby farmer. Have you heard of these? Mm, no. Very popular at the time. So during the late Victorian era, it was the practice of accepting the custody of a child for money, be it either a lump sum payment up front, or you might receive like weekly payments for however long. Mm-hmm. So already I can see you're probably putting two and two together as to what it is that yeah. Minnie was doing. Now, not all baby farmers were murderers, but typically the children were going to be neglected to one degree or another, you know. Uh, and it was a widespread practice. Yeah. And typically it was far more profitable for the farmer if the child just so happened to die shortly after the adoption because the payment they received was not <sighs> enough to cover the cost of looking after the child for however many years. So to really put this into perspective, the Scandinavian and Danish term for these people translates into English mm-hmm. as angel makers. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. We begin. Minnie was born in Scotland in 1844. Uh, It's not known when, but certainly by the early 1860s, she was living in Invercargill, New Zealand, which is right down the arse end of the Southern Island. Mm -hmm. She had claimed that she was the widow of a Tasmanian doctor, but there is no evidence of this, and she was still using her maiden name at the time, which was Minnie McCulloch, so Mm -hmm. probably a lie. 1972 comes along and she marries a Charles Dean, who ran an inn at the time, servicing a route to the Otago goldfields. The gold rush ends, their business dries up, and they become farmers, the regular agricultural kind, not baby farmers. Not yet. Right, This goes poorly, and they run into financial trouble. So they move to Winton, which is a small town near Invercargill, and Charles becomes a pig farmer, and it's here that Minnie begins to take in unwanted children for money. So to put it in perspective, we're in the 1870s, you know, the pill is another 90 years away. Condoms are made from Mm -hmm. animal intestine and children born out of wedlock are frowned upon. So there's a lot of women looking to discreetly get rid of children. So essentially, Minnie's got no shortage of customers, if we want to call them that. And reports say she would have up to nine children at a time under her care. (sighs) But children are, I'm sure if there are any parents listening, are aware, very expensive. Yes, they are. (laughs) And so for many... She's only receiving a one-time payment. And at that time in New Zealand, infant mortality is high. We're talking 8 to 10% of kids going to die in childhood. So, you know, okay. it's not unusual that some of these kids end up dying of disease, especially if they're already in cramped conditions with a bunch of other kids and they're living in a disadvantaged situation. And I will be honest, I do honestly believe a lot of these children probably did just die naturally. Whether or not that gave her the idea to pursue other things later on down the line, or it was just luck of the draw, don't know. So, for example, a six-month-old in her care died of convulsions in 1889. Uh, Two years Mm -hmm. later, in 1891, she had a six-week-year-old in her care that died of cardiovascular issues. So, you know, not really things that you could, like, you know, you can't give someone a heart attack like that that easily. Um, Well, you would think that, like, a child having a heart attack, it would have had to have been something else that caused the heart attack. Yeah. But the coroner inquest... Like some kind of strain on the body? Yeah, well, I mean, it's 1880s, you know, it's small... Rural New Zealand, it's whatever kids die. It's just how it was at the time. So this is why, like the cor- yeah. But what 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 I, what I am saying is that maybe they had a heart attack from like some kind of neglect, so therefore their body was struggling. Otherwise, yep, quite likely. And in yeah. 1984, supposedly a boy drowns in her care as well. So up until this point, coroner inquiries and general inquests had concluded that the children under her care were looked after, but the premises that they were in were simply inadequate. So they just right. Well, okay. I guess they were just like, well, whatever. And left it at that. But in general, all these activities and, okay, look, like I said, 8 to 10% mortality rate for children. But what are the odds it's going to keep happening to the same woman who keeps taking in children? So there is some suspicion raised towards Minnie and police start investigating her. And they find that not only is she continuing to take in more and more children, uh, she's tried, although she did fail, to take out life insurance policies on a few of them. (sighs) which we spoke about okay. last week, one of the oldest tricks in the book. You take out life insurance policy on a family yep. member, and then, oh, no, they died. Not suspicious at all. <laughs> oh, God. I, it, it really um shocks me how often when things like that happen that that's the reason. Mm. Yeah. And, like, think about this. Like, Millie is just, like, the website, one of the websites I use, which is, like, a New Zealand history website, 
They had a five-page mm-hmm. section dedicated to baby farmers in New Zealand. Like, this was... This shit was really, really common and really widespread. I, I, like, I hate to think about how many were out there who just never got caught. <sighs> yeah, let's not think about that. So as I said, police raise suspicion. They become aware of these failed life insurance attempts. And during one of these extended police surveillances and investigation, they follow one child that she adopts in 1892. Uh, for this child, she has paid £25, which I worked out to be about 6344 New Zealand dollars in today's money. So considerable sum. Mm. They find Minnie and this kid a few weeks later after she's adopted in a boarding house and the kid is just in like really filthy clothes and it's being fed from a bottle of sour and curdled milk. Ew. That's awful. Yeah. I mean look, refrigeration didn't exist at the time, maybe she had no other option, but come on you knowingly giving your child this spoiled milk it's a little bit dodgy, Millie. I ki- <laughs> Forgive me, I'll probably say somewhere along the line in the article, her name is Minnie. Minnie Dean, but somewhere along the line in my head, I got it in that her name was Millie. So you might hear me say that a few times by mistake, but it is <laughs> Minnie. Minnie, like Minnie Mouse, but more evil. Right, okay. So, thankfully, the police find Minnie and this child, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to take that baby back off of you. And they gave it back to the mother, mm-hmm. uh, the birth mother. So, I've got a question, though. Is she coercing these babies out of No, because people? people are looking to get rid of these babies because they don't want them. So okay. there's a. Well, just the way you, you said it then, like, oh, and then they made her give it back, makes me think that, like, she coerced them into giving I it to her. I think what happened was that the police were like, well, we're going to take this child off of you for neglect, and what are we going to do with it? We'll just give it back to the birth mother, because it's your responsibility anyway. Right, okay. So they do. Okay. They give it back to the birth mother, and the birth mother, even though this is only a three-week-old child, so it's not been that long, barely recognizes the kid, and is quoted as saying that it was so altered for the worse. After three weeks. Oh, what does that mean? I'm assuming the child was very malnourished and not looked after. And like, it's three weeks. So <laughs> Mil- Minnie probably only had it for two. I mean, I guess when they're very young, that yeah. makes sense, though. But the final straw for Minnie comes in May of 1895, which is the year she's put to death. She is seen boarding a train okay. with a young baby and a hat box, which is what you a metal box you keep your hat in when you're not wearing it, or for travel. Mm-hmm. On the return trip, she is seen with only the hat box. And no baby. Later in court, the railway workers report later testifying that the hat box was suspiciously heavy. Would you like to hazard a guess as to why the hat box was heavy? I'm assuming because there was a body in it? Yeah. Yeah, at some point on the train, Millie's killed the baby and put it in the hat box. But the police didn't know this straight away, and they checked all of them all along the railway line, looking for, like, maybe she's just thrown it off the side of the train or whatever. They don't find anything, so they're like, all right, we're gonna just going to go to her house, and we're going to dig up her garden. In the garden, they find the burned bodies of two babies, <gasps> oh and the body of the three-year-old boy who she said allegedly drowned. So she was just keeping them? Keeping the bodies in the backyard. I'm assuming that cemeteries still existed back yes. then. Um, why? She had a reason. We'll get to it. Well, I mean, I was going to say, I'm assuming it's because she's actually murdered these children, and she doesn't want people to find out. I mean, that's not how she spins it, but that's... I think what's okay. Yeah, that that to me seems likely. So a coroner's inquest determined that one of the babies died of a opiate laudanum overdose, which was used at the time to calm irritable infants. So basically, you know, it was back when we were still giving opium to kids, and there's cocaine in the soda. <laughs> yeah, the past was wild. I wonder what they're going to look back at our really day and be like. Oh my god, I can't believe they were doing that. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be Ivermectin. plenty. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Well, I mean, we're already looking at that and going, you fuck with, so. <laughs> so, Millie, Minnie, <laughs> oh, goes dear. to court. She's tried and found guilty. Her lawyer is Aldred Hanlon. Now, he's a very notable and successful defense lawyer at the time. He's like, fucking, the bee's knees of fucking defense lawyers in New Zealand. He tried to argue that the mm-hmm. deaths were all accidental, and she just covered up the deaths to avoid public scrutiny, which is why she'd left, buried the children in her yard. <sighs> Okay. Now, during the trial... I'm sorry, but I, 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 if you end up with so many bodies, don't think that's what people are going to think. I think they're going to think some very different I mean, different this sounds things. weird to say, but there was only three found in her backyard. Only three. Only. That's still that too many. That is too many. many, but it's also leaving a lot unaccounted for. Now, during her trial, uh, which obviously was, I assume at the time, quite big news and, you know, fucking serial baby murderer, people were out the front mm. of the courthouse selling hat boxes with baby dolls in them, which... What the Very fuck? messed up. Um, but certainly, like, the hat box has become sort of the calling card for Minnie Dean in pop culture. 
you don't really have many without the hat box, even though only one baby that we know of was ever put in a hat box. It's kind of like Jason Voorhees and his machete, Freddy Krueger and his claw, Minnie Dean and her hat box with a dead child in it. Now. Dear fucking Lord. Okay. While awaiting for execution, Minnie writes about her life from her account of things. In these writings, she claims to have cared for 28 children. And of those, five of them were in good health when the police were digging up her garden. Six of the 28... Hang on. What? They're dead. These five are alive. They're good. Oh, sorry. I thought you were like talking about no, the bodies no. and I'm like... No, she does admit <sighs> six of the 28 children she looked after in her life had died in her care. And one was returned to her original mo- the original mother, which we mentioned. Okay. And she had two adopted daughters. So if you add all that up, though, this still leaves 14 children unaccounted for. Even by her own admission. So where are they? Don't know. What do you mean, dunno? Uh, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. Except for Minnie. Oh, that's she's alarming. Well, yeah. So, as said at the beginning, she's hung on August 12th in what is now a car park of an appliance store. Uh, but at the time, it was the Invercargill Jail. And she is buried in an unmarked grave in Winton, alongside later her husband, who dies in 1908 during a house fire. Now, because of her crimes, finally... After, like, several years of slacking off on it, New Zealand passes child welfare legislation. Uh, one of the acts was proposed two years prior to Millie even being caught. So, I did it again. Her mm-hmm. name's fucking Minnie. Stop calling her Millie. <laughs> Jesus, what's wrong with me? Look, I think, I think yeah. people know what you mean by now. It's fine, it's fine. Let's call it Dean. <laughs> so, you know, I guess some good fucking came out of it, but I could also argue that that good wasn't going to come along eventually anyway. The court was just dragging its fucking feet because it was the late 1800s and no one cared about children. So, okay. Minnie, as is so often to happen with terrible people, passes into local folklore and legend where supposedly no plants would grow over her grave and misbehaving Southland children are threatened by their parents to be sent to Minnie's farm. So, you know, a bit of a local boogeyman kind of character now. Her lawyer, he would later write this in regards to Minnie, quote, Sober, home-loving folk from end to end of the country shuddered when the grim and ghastly story of Minnie Dean's infamy was narrated by the prosecution. Imagine a being with the name and appearance of a woman, boldly using a public railway train for the destruction of her helpless victims, sitting serene and unperturbed in a carriage with one tiny corpse in a tiny tin box at her feet, and another enshrouded in a shawl and secured by travelling straps in the luggage rack at her head. Which kind of implies that she had two dead children with her on the train, which I didn't really get from any of my other information, but whatever. (laughs) In the business of it. Now, in my ideal telling of the story, this is where I would have our podcast episode close out, and I'm gonna, I'd be playing Helen Henderson's The Ballad of Minnie Dean, because of course there are songs written about this woman, why not? Uh, sadly, though, obviously, we don't have the license for that, <laughs> so we won't, no, we, do be, not. we won't be playing The Ballad, but go look it up. It's kind of drawling country music kind of stuff, but I thought it was pretty good. Now, instead, I'm going to leave you with this. In January... 2009, so like 113 odd years after she's died, yep. a gravestone mysteriously appears above her unmarked grave. Okay. And it reads, Minnie Dean, a part of Winston, sorry, a part of Winton's history, and where she now lies is now no more a mystery. Was it a mystery before? Well, it was an unmarked grave, but obviously people knew where she was. Ah, uh, right, okay. At the time, her descendants had been planning to put a headstone on her grave. Uh, a much more nicer mm-hmm. one that was going to be like, here lies Minnie, husband, wife, whatever of so-and-so. But they didn't mm-hmm. do this. And to this day, it is not known who made this headstone or who? when it was installed exactly. It was just found in late January 2009. Jeez, okay. So, yeah. That is the- That makes me wonder like, whether it was like a family member of someone who obviously felt strongly enough to go out and get a headstone. Made. Yeah, well- I- like, who or someone who has the knowledge of how to make a headstone because no one came forward to say, I made it. Or so. that. Well, I mean, I don't think that you would come forward and mm. say, I made it, but. Well, if people are looking for who put the headstone there, you could be like, oh, I was commissioned to make that kind of thing. But mm. yeah. So yeah, that is uh, the story of the infamous Minnie Dean, the only woman in New Zealand history to be hung by the state. Jeez. Well, she doesn't sound like a very nice person at all. I mean, the worst part is, like, it sounds like she did look after some of the children in her care. So what I'm really curious is, like, was it always her intention? Or was it the case, like, she started doing it for money, and then a couple of them died, and she realized she could get more and get more money, and then it was like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm just going to neglect these children, and if they die, then I get more money. Or was she always malicious and going mm. into it? Who knows? 
probably never will. Um, there's definitely like lots of books and things written about her. Um, there was a dramatization made of her in the like a mini drama series in the 1980s about her in New Zealand. I didn't read any or watch any of that because I don't have time. But if you want to know more about yeah. Mini, there's information out there. Well, yeah, she doesn't sound like a very nice person at all. No. I can't believe that, that was an actual thing, Baby though. It's, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's so bad. That's so fucking, yeah, Jesus Christ. And this was just like one woman in one small, very underpopulated part of New Zealand in the late 1800s. That's mm. what it was like in more Jeez. populous places. Okay. Yeah, I don't really want to mm. about that. <laughs> okay, well, that was uh, quite a depressing note. To, yeah, it, it was, to but it on. also felt kind of wrong. I mean, just throw that in the middle there and then go on to something else. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess we should probably finish up there. Yes. That, that, I know, that's I'm you. I'm just thinking I'm about to burp, that's all. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Who, who are you trying to convince, me or you? Myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also trying to think of a way to, like, spring into my normal email thing, but I'm not. I'm, I'm sort of clutching at straws here. I don't want to ask them to, like, if you know about Notorious Baby Farmers, <laughs> you can send us an email about it. Yeah, no, please don't do that. <laughs> Oops. But if you would like to send us an email, you can do so over at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at fmedeadpodcast. Visit our website at fuckbedeadpodcast.com. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends, like, share, hit the buzzer, slap the penguin. And as always, if you'd like to donate <laughs> to the show, you can do so over at coffee.com forward slash fmedeadpodcast. Beautiful. Okay, that's it. So uh, thank you. For the- oh, my God. I don't know why I've been struggling with this end bit every week. For the past however mm. many weeks. Did yeah. you know penguins evolved in New Zealand? Did they? Yeah, the proto-penguin, what became all penguins, came out of New Zealand. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's The island's full of fat, flightless birds. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty true, actually. <laughs> and the reason there's no penguins in the Northern Hemisphere is because it's a very, very long way for them to go to the other side of the planet through lots of different environments to try and migrate to the Arctic. I mean, that made sense to me. Yeah. It also explains why we have a lot of penguins. Yeah, penguins only exist in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, there you go. Let's watch the best hemisphere. <laughs> you northern fucks ain't got penguins. Oh my god. Um, but they do have Halloween and fall, so I think they just win. Um, Falling penguins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. What do I say? Thank uh, you so much. Thank you so much for listening again this week, and we'll be back at the same time next week. Ta-ta. And farewell. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.